This program is intended for mature audiences only. Altitude adjustment may contain language, images, or other content that some may find offensive. Your discretion is advised. Welcome to Altitude Adjustment. Good afternoon. I'm Leon Davis along with Warren Harper. And we do want to say, uh, send out um, uh, wish, well wishes to our uh, partner, Leonard, who quite possibly, we keep our fingers crossed, might be you know back with us in a little bit. He's um, downgraded from critical to to doing better. And so um, we hope everything goes well there. Yes, we do. How you doing today, brother? I'm doing good. I just need a shot of adrenaline or something to get me perked up. You mean you mean our discussion today is not an adrenaline enough? Not an adrenaline. Hang on, do it. That yeah. wasn't quite enough. Get you excited Maybe a little and pumped help, up. So so here's my shot of adrenaline for to get me started for this discussion. Okay. Uh so Elon Musk is making a bid for Twitter to purchase Twitter. And he's made some comments about um, he wants it to be a more open platform and not, you know, cutting people off and, and banning people for um, free speech and those kinds of things. And so in an article that I read today on NPR, it talks about how the board at Twitter and Twitter is a publicly traded, publicly traded company. Mm-hmm. How the board adopted a poison pill um, action to slow that process down of Elon Musk taking over um, Twitter. So now, so for me, there was. Okay, so there's always two sides to a story. So the oh, the poison pill. Um, so you got a publicly traded company, and the whole point of a publicly traded company is um, you get financing from the public, uh, and you become a public resource for growth, and people can go on the super on the supermarket, go on the stock market, and yeah, yeah can own you know, stock in the company and that, those kinds of things and help finance the company's debt so that the company grows. Understood. So then you've got the board of directors and there are a lot of ins and outs of poison pills and, and sales and those kinds of things. Um, put into place a poison pill. And what a poison pill is is simply um, the company makes it harder uh, once once a an investor in reaches a certain threshold of stock ownership in the company, mm-hmm. it makes it harder for them to get more of a um, uh, amount of the company to take it over. So if uh, in the case of this Twitter thing, uh, Twitter thing, in case of Twitter, if Elon Musk gets a 15% share of Twitter, it kicks in that they're going to release a new um, amount of stock, ownership stock, uh-huh. which will devalue all of the right. stock that's out there so that it will cost more to take over the company. Now, that's going to hurt, that may hurt one investor. You you know, you might look at it and say, well, that's going to hurt one investor. Well, it's going to hurt every investor. It's going to hurt everybody that owns stock in Twitter in an attempt to block a, what they call a hostile takeover. Uh Um, And so, (sighs) I can see the, both sides of the issue, but um, again, it's a it's a rich man's game, 
yep. rich person's game. I don't want to say, I don't want to, I guess I want to be correct and say rich person's game. Although you don't see a lot of corporate raiders, uh, uh, female corporate raiders, at least I don't, you know, they're not in the news. They may be out there. Um, There's probably a few. Yeah. So, um, so, so I think that's a, that's, that's pretty interesting. I, I did, um, uh, you know, stock market and, and investing is, is something that has interested me too for a lot of years. And, and I find this interesting. And we, I have talked about before about uh, company ownership and buying and selling companies and those kinds of things. And then when you're dealing with a company the size of Twitter, you know, you're impacting a whole lot of lives, not just the people that work there, but the people that use it and depend on it. And, and if, you know, if this is some game of tug of war, there are a lot of casualties that aren't main players. So the board fights against, um, the, the takeover by Elon Musk, the board has money. The um, Elon Musk has money, and these guys are playing a battle of chicken. And all of the people that depend on Twitter, all of the people that you know go to work there every day for their living, are the casualties of that. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, and so they get to be the casualties of that. And so, you know, if we if we continue to look at business as business as usual. This is what companies do. This is how they operate in the stock market. Then we, we stop seeing the human cost for these games of chicken and these games of one-upmanship and that kind of crap. So, so I did want to at least touch on that. That's my, that's my adrenaline rush for this show. Now I'm... Oh, I think that put me to sleep. <laughs> oh, is that right? Put you to sleep, huh? That didn't do anything for me. Nothing. Oh, I, well, I finance I think, you know, is. What, I just love it. What? So what's what's it uh, going for now? What's, what's I don't know. I haven't looked at the. I haven't looked at the stock price. I don't. I don't own any. Well, do I own oh, any stock? I, I should have looked it up, man. No, no, no. I don't. Because my issue wasn't the price of the stock. My issue was um, the poison pill. So in right. reality, the, 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 the use of a poison pill, is that ethical um, or not? And, and so it's legal. It's legal that they can do that. Yeah. But it's, is it ethical? And, and ethical is there are lives that depend on this. So... So I, I don't know, a number of people may remember the Carl Icahn era, era mm-hmm. where, you know, corporate raiders would go in and buy companies um, and then sell off parts of the company or close right. down parts of the company. And those Absolutely. are jobs that are impacted there. Those are people's lives. There are, there are communities that have never recovered from that kind of um, right. corporate gamesmanship. Well, just so you know, right now Twitter is looking at forty dollars, forty-six dollars and sixty-six cents. So is that is that uh, over the year to date? Did you get a year to date? No, no, no. Okay. Let's see. So my guess is when um, when Carl Icahn started buying shares, and I think the threshold, if I remember, the the former threshold was. You had to declare your intention. You had to declare your intention to own. Once you hit the threshold of 5% of stock in a company, mm-hmm. you had to declare your intentions. You had to declare that with the SEC. Mm, you're right. Right. I heard that. Right. So over the last year, it looks like it's down 33.86%. Wow. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. All right. Over the year. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you had to declare and then, uh, um, and so that was, that was a requirement. So, you know, he's, he's passed that threshold. As far as I know, he's made a declaration 
um, I think he's made a declaration that he intends to take over the company. Yeah. And, yeah. and so I think it's going to be interesting again. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of, um, people, a lot of, uh, parties that are impacted by all of this action that people don't see on a day on a regular basis. So there are a lot of people at work right now wondering what their job is going to be in another year or two. If, if he takes over the company, am I going to lose my job? Am I going to be able to, to, to maintain my house? Am I going to be able to buy that new furniture or go on vacation or even pay for my kid's school? You know, this is not, this is not a casualty less occurrence. But when it's reported, when it's talked about in the news, it's talked about from such a high level that they don't look at the human casualty cost. It's about dollars and cents. It's about the battle between the um, corporate raider and management and the board. Sure. sure. Right? Um, yeah. You know, he's taking he's. So he, he mentioned taking over the company. He mentioned taking over the company, but he didn't talk about whether he plans to run the company. You know, he may take over the company and then hire a consulting firm to run the company or to hire somebody else to, you know, to run the company. He may take it private. You know, these are all decisions that the people who are working there on a daily basis or the people who are using it on a daily basis um, are concerned with. Sure. Uh, who knows? He may not have even gone that far as to think through all of that. And that's scary to have that kind of money, have that kind of power, and then not think through your, how your actions impact a bunch of folks. That's scary. Oh yeah, sure it is. <clears throat> all right. I'm ready to get to uh, today's topic. How about you? Yeah. Yeah, you're not. You, you're gonna go to sleep. Uh, don't start with. Uh, me. <laughs> don't start with me. You're gonna go. To I'll, sleep. I'm gonna try my best to hang in there. Yeah, you do that. Got All right, you got so... the horn ready, right? For, huh? Like, no, nope, <laughs> I'm gonna leave you. I'm gonna just cut off your video, and and I'm prepared today because yesterday oh, we lost okay. your we lost yes. your audio, and I was a little. I was like, do I, I keep trying to get his audio back, or do I go this alone? So yeah. it's been a while since I've done a show by myself. But you can do it. Well, I've done it. I did it for the first two years. You can for do it. Three years. I did I did shows by myself, but they were only half hour shows. I didn't try to talk for an hour by myself. Right, right. I tried to condense the show into half hour so people, you know, when they're listening to one voice, um all right. Doesn't matter no. what you're saying. <laughs> doesn't matter what you, doesn't matter who you are. Yes. Yeah, you know, they 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 let the television watch them and they would let this watch them so yeah yeah it makes me think of some of those long commercials with one guy just ran <laughs> yeah so so for me and, and i'm gonna say this and then get into the topic i watch so many videos like i do a lot of instruction videos because i'm i you know learn new graphic techniques and new video editing stuff so that i can make right better material for our shows and I tune into the video yakety 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 yak about shit that ain't got nothing to do with the fucking video you know what I came there for so like right. here's a video about uh, a new editing technique and then they go into the history of of their search to get to this point and they talk about a whole bunch of shit that ain't got nothing to do. Show me the damn technique. And then if you want to go back through all that other crap, go back through all that other crap. Right. Right. So right. Now, now I'm really juiced up. <laughs> you got me yeah. all fired up. I think they get credit for how long they uh, drag it out. Maybe <laughs> you, you would think so. You would think yeah. so. Yeah. You would think so. Um, so uh, proposition R here in St. Louis. Um, I think Proposition R was truly a good thing. Okay. Now you can, uh, 
you can see the full Proposition R. I haven't read all of Proposition R, but I did most certainly go through several pages of it. Um, and uh, I, I got the understanding of what was going on and, and I will go back and make sure I finish the whole thing. Um, but from a time crunch standpoint, um, you know, I tried to read as much of it in the first few days that I could. Yeah, sure. So the beauty of Proposition R, now Proposition R seems to be an extension of Prop D. Prop D. Prop D was something that was passed by uh, the city in 2020, and Prop D was the, um, what do you call it? Prop D was, oh, put it down over here. Approval voting. Approval voting where all of the candidates was listed, Republicans and Democrats. They didn't have the primaries. And you would pick, rank your candidates one, two, and three. Rank choice. Rank choice. And, yeah. and so somebody that was a Republican could vote for a Democrat. Somebody that was a Democrat could vote for an independent. It, it, it cut down on partisanship and allowed sure. you to vote for a candidate that you wanted or ranked. And then the person that got the most number of highest rankings won the election. Right. So this was a way to try to get partisanship, the, you know, people blocking stuff because they're a Republican and blocking stuff because they're a Democrat, try to eliminate some of that and try to clean up politics and make it not about politics, but about serving the people. Mm -hmm. Because the people would elect the candidates based on uh, what they believe are the qualifications and what they believe that the person could do um, in that, in that position. And, uh, and then they were given choices and you're saying, you know, I, if I'd like this person first, and if, if I can't have this person, then give me this person. And so more than likely, they were going to have uh, uh, a candidate of their choice being elected. It may not be their first choice. It may not be their second choice, but at least it might've been their third. So, so prop D, you know, put some of the power back into the hands of the people. Now take prop R prop R was about, um, um, ethics. Mm -hmm. Okay. So some of the, some of the, um, tenets of prop R is to require aldermen and, and that term is actually on the, um, in prop R, the measure would allow the board to change its name from the board of aldermen to the board of alder persons. So from this point on, I won't refer to it as alder men or the board of aldermen. I'll call it the right. board of alder persons. <laughs> so anyway, um, it would require that the board of alder persons, uh, when they have a conflict of interest, it would re it would make them refrain from voting on an issue in which they had a conflict of interest. Right. So in other words, it would not depend on them voluntarily stepping aside when there is a conflict of interest. It would be codified in law that they would have to step aside. Hmm. Now, I don't think so. If people had been doing that in the first place, Prop R would not have been necessary. Yeah, you could say that. Sure. So, so obviously people felt that um, politicians were not, not only dis not disclosing conflicts of interest, but was, were also not taking steps to avoid the appearance of a conflict of interest. Right. 
And um, there was another issue about the conflict of interest that I wanted to cover. Right. Uh, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll get to it in a minute. It's one of the reasons people don't trust politicians. Exactly. They don't trust government. Government, politicians. So, so but you were right. They don't trust politicians and they associate politicians with government. Uh-huh. So if they don't trust politicians, then they don't trust government because the exactly. government is made up of politicians. politicians. Right. And so this law, this proposition is helping to restore people's trust in their politicians and in their government. Uh Because it also um, takes some of the power away from the board of all the persons and puts it back into the hands of the people. So when Prop D passed in 2020, um, some politicians were making noise about trying to undo Prop D. Prop R says those, the board of alder persons cannot make changes unilaterally, um, dissolve Prop D or in any way um, minimize the impact of Prop D Uh without having a vote before the people. So that means if they want to change Prop D, they can't do it through, you know, whatever levers that they have uh, uh, available to them without actually going to the public and asking the public, is it okay we do this? All right. Yeah. Well, that's one one way to make things work a little better. I think if you put some guards up to people, keep people from, you know, doing things that uh, they might do if the safeguards weren't there. But do you think you think that um, if a politician had a conflict of interest? Alder person or whatever, with uh, a bill or something was coming up. Do you think they would be to their benefit to, um, I guess, disclose that they had a conflict and maybe not vote or whatever? Or do you think that uh, it serves them better just not saying anything? Well, okay, so. Um... So this prop R to me says in the past, people had conflicts of interest, serious conflicts of interest Uh and chose to hide it. A, a true servant of the public who's there to benefit the public would jump at the chance to let people know about their conflicts of interest and recuse themselves from voting on anything that they, that it would appear Uh that they had a conflict of interest because protecting the public's trust of its government, of its elected officials is, is their primary concern. Do you think when they, when they fail to do that, are they probably thinking in their minds that it won't get, reveal it'll it'll pass by and people won't know oh i'm i'm i don't doubt that that's probably the case um part of it is um that maybe they can squeak by or something of that nature or and, and sometimes it could be a, it could be an honest mistake they it's a borderline issue and they don't absolutely know for sure that it's a clear conflict of interest right well, okay. if they have any doubt, though, you would think that an honest, conscientious person would consult with somebody to, to find out maybe. If Absolutely. They didn't. Yeah. Absolutely. That's what I'm 
That's what the lawyers are for, right? That <laughs> you hit it on the head. Out, you know. Hey, look, is this a problem? But I think in a lot of cases they they know and just want to hide it. I I agree. I think um so so part of the think the issue I think a lot of politicians had with it was they were accustomed to having a certain level of freedom uh-huh. to do things and they were able to operate in the gray areas without supervision. Right. And now some of the gray areas have been, uh, have been stripped. Right. And, and they can't operate there without in, with impunity, you know, they're going to get, there's a potential watchdog now uh-huh. that says, you know, we can, there's a law that says you've operated outside of your jurisdiction and didn't do what you should have done. And so now you can be held accountable. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I, I think that's clearly the case. Now the, this proposition, didn't it pass like what? 69% was that the number? Uh, I'd have to look it up. I think that's what it was, but I think the the uh, requirement was 60%. So that's not a really whopping margin, but you know, it did it did pass. I don't know if I don't Okay. So you think that's a big margin? I I you know I um I think anything over 50% is a big margin. Okay. Because, you know, d- democracy says, um, whichever issue gets the the more votes. So, so, if it's one vote over, it didn't just barely pass; it passed. It is, it is law. It is. It has passed. And if you if you if you start parsing out between it was a big margin or a little margin, then you um, reduce the the impact of people voting for it. So, so, uh-huh. so I could say, oh, it only passed by two votes. So people weren't really serious about it. Right, right. And so, and so I would rather say it passed. It is the law. End of story. And so I don't, I don't parse those. It wasn't a big margin or a little margin. It it, it was a, it was a, um, um, voters margin. That's what they wanted. That's what they accepted. And, and I wouldn't minimize it. Okay. I, I, I get what you're saying. I right. What you're saying. right. I, I just think that, I think that if, you, if you, people that want to do, um, people that want to get away with stuff are looking for little slivers of weakness in an argument to say, Oh, well, um, if the voters really wanted this, they would have passed it by 80%. So on a good day, it just happened that 50 voters who didn't want this just didn't, couldn't get to the polls. So you really didn't win this. You just got caught a break because there are people who will look for opportunities to um, insert their own needs. Okay. So I, I like the idea. Now, would I get frustrated um, sometimes or would I try to use the idea that 80% of people um, voted for something. I think there are times when that, that, that argument may serve a purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I just remember when I was reading the uh, article uh, and we discussed it, there were quite a number of politicians that were in opposition to it and just made me wonder where their heads were with this and why they didn't feel it was a good thing. I, I, I understand being, being held accountable, you know, 
the, do our politicians have a problem with that? And obviously some of them do. Oh, I think anytime, you know, anytime you uh, have had someone that, that have had a lot of freedom to exercise power, and then you take away some of that freedom to exercise power, um, they're probably not going to be real happy with you or the situation. Right. For sure. For sure. So uh, one older person, Sarah Wood Martin, uh, she's represented the 11th Ward in the Carondelet area since 2017, says that she's resigning, citing concern over the new conflict of interest laws, rules that were passed um, in Proposition R. The new conflict of interest rules say that an older person shall not represent anyone for a fee before St. Louis city agencies, but it does not include a familiar ban regarding lobbying before the legislature. So in other words, um, if they are an older person, Mm -hmm. they can't lobby for a particular issue in the city of St. Louis, but they may be able to lobby the state legislature for issues regarding, you know, whatever interest that they have. Mm-hmm. And her, her, you know, part of her situation was, um, another part of the, the prohibition or the proposition or prohibition is that an alderman, um, older person right. can't vote or take any other action that might result in a personal or financial benefit for the older person or their relatives, such as a spouse, child, or a cousin. So, you know, they, they can't lobby for an issue or they can't vote on an issue if they have a family member that's going to benefit from, um, legislation that, that they're, they're voting on her concern. Um, was that, let's see, she wanted to keep, she wanted to keep working as an older person, but her husband is a former state Senator, Jake Hummel, and president of the state AFL-CIO union. And there are unions affiliated with the AFL-CIO that Uh represent many city employees. So there may be a lot of issues that she would then have a conflict of interest for. Right. And so she quit because she felt that she did not know where the lines were drawn and that it might be create a problem for her. And so I think in this particular instance, this is an example of the success of the law. Some people will look at it and say, well, you're pushing good people out of office. Right. But the thing is here, she has potential conflicts of interest. She could have, she could have went and got counseling and asked questions about does, does this present a, a, conflict of interest and she would have to do it on a case by case basis. Right. But rather than do that, cause she, she does some lobbying. It made her make a choice. You can't be a public servant in a, in a position as an elected official and participate as a private lobbyist. It made her make a choice. Uh And I think that that was a success. That was a success of the law, of the proposition. Yeah, it definitely sounds like it. Right. Definitely sounds like she uh, had to make that choice because of lobbying and then working for the government. Mm -hmm. So I think it was a success. And there there are people that are going to try to say, uh, you know, see, it's pushing good people out. It's creating confusion because people don't know this, that, and the other. And it, it just made her make a choice. 
And I, I, that's a good thing. That's a good thing for the people. Right, right. Because now they know that, you know, that she's not in there with potential conflicts of interests uh, trying to do two things at one time at, at her job. That whatever she's, whatever she's, efforts she's attached to, she's now giving that her full attention. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's a good thing. If she had dropped all of her lobbying and decided just to be an older person, then the, the city wins. So the city won either way, her leaving or her picking one, one option. Right. Right. Um, so the board of Aldermans, you know, city, city politics seems like it's headed in a very good direction. Well, it, it's about time. That's for sure. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I was a little frustrated watching all that um, arguing and bickering going on with the board and about that money and how they should distribute it in North St. Louis. Mm-hmm. It didn't seem like they have any structures in place to, to handle that properly. And uh, it, it was just really confusing as to whether they were even doing it right. So, so let me ask on that. Um, have you found them to be moving closer to a solution that's workable or is it still kind of, you know, arguing and, and accusations? I'm not sure cause I'm not being in the city. I don't follow it as closely as I would, but, uh, last time I heard it seemed like they were getting closer to some sort of uh, agreement on how to do it, but I don't think it's settled yet. I don't think it's settled. Now is this the, this is the crunky money or is this the money from the federal government? Uh, I think it's the federal government money, but it could, I don't know. It could be both. Okay. I don't even know if they got the crunky money yet. Have they? I don't, I'm, I unfortunately haven't, haven't, don't know. Yeah, I, I don't even know what's up with that because it seems like <laughs> seems like some folks are saying we ain't giving it to you for real. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's going to be held. I'm gonna. I really need to look into that to see, yeah. you know, where where we are with the Cronky money and with the uh, um, that the federal funds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, with the Cronky money, they were quick to come up with the the divvy as far as who was getting what, but they still aren't able to get the money for some reason. So I'm well, we, we know why we know why they're having a problem getting the money because <laughs> tight fisted ass people don't want to let it go. <laughs> you know, but wasn't the case settled? I mean, damn. yeah, well, you, you know, settled. just because a case is settled, you know, what does that mean? That just yeah. that just means the court said I'm supposed to. <laughs> right, I guess so. Yeah, that just means the court said uh, says I'm supposed to. And, uh, well, not, I guess in a civil case is different than a criminal case. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. it's a criminal case. All right, you got 30 days, or you're going to jail. Right, you got to show up. Right, <laughs> you got a warrant. So civil is a little different. And another another. Um, you know why I was saying that uh, I thought the federal, the, the federal, the city government was moving in a good direction. They've trimmed the the uh, board of older persons uh, mm-hmm. by fourteen and half, cut it in half. But when does that go to a, into effect? So they've got they've they they are uh, they are in the process of setting up the committee that's going to redraw the yeah. redraw the, the the districts and that's what that whole part of, part of that proposition was part about part of that proposition was about exactly yeah, how they do that how they do, how they do that and and the thing was um some people were complaining because it would allow so they were they were add on to the commission um, judges, 
retired judges right. and federal judges, other, other, other judges. That weren't in this from the city. And they were going to allow judges that were not living in the city or not part of the city to be on the right. council. Now, so you, it's easy to understand where the concern comes from. So we had the whole city county issue and the county trying to, uh, take over the city. And we had, um, the mayor Cruson and others in the city trying to sell the city to the county and give away the airport to private industry. So we understand. Did you hear what you just said? Sell the city. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry. Freudian flip. Freudian slip. <laughs> that, that that was a strong accusation. Uh, Freudian slip. I didn't mean to say sale. I am so sorry. <laughs> I did not mean oh, to say sale. Uh, if there if there's money involved, then and well, you somebody, know there's money involved. That was the whole reason for the takeover. I guess you could call it a sale. <laughs> so they were somebody, gonna they were they somebody. were part of the proposal was they would drop, uh, they would drop. Um, uh, overlapping um, departments. Yeah. yeah. You know, so these are going to be some of the, if you know, if the county takes over, they're going to, they're going to make the county police, you know, the police force, both the city and the county, and they were going to get rid of the recorder of deeds. And, you know, so, so, so when I say sale, <laughs> it's a Friday. And so, so maybe, no problem. Forgive. Me. Yeah, no, you know, no. I mean, it, it was a good catch. I'm glad you caught it. Because I just tried to, I tried to slip it, slip thing, it in. There. Though, Go ahead. I, I saw some potential good in that in that merger, mm -hmm. but there was a lot of question marks. One of the problems that I constantly hear about, uh, well, actually, it's it's a county problem. Some of these little municipalities that have, you know, crooked police chief, two or three, maybe five dirty cops running the streets, just just like, you know, sheriff so-and-so abusing people, mistreating people, poor people, of course, they have no means to fight them, locking them up, abusing them. I, I don't think half the stories get out, but, you know, and I thought, well, maybe if we had a more legitimate government police force that like the county, and I'm not saying they're angels, but it might be a little f more humane towards some of these poor people that really get dogged out by these municipalities. I hear some horror stories. Sure. I'm not going to name names, the cities, but people know who they are. <laughs> that's, that's a good one. I like they that. They had a gangster... One one municipality, this guy mayor was known as a gangster out there. He was just he was terrible. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So so, of course, I believe that um, there's you know good and bad in most things, um, and so there was going to be good and bad from the merger. That's why they uh, proposed it is so that we, that they would get the good and hopefully the good outweighed the bad. Right. Um, but yeah, so I, I, yeah, I, I'm sure there was some good to it. I, I, it's, you know, for me, I wasn't, I wasn't sold on that the good was going to outweigh the bad and other people were. And it, de I, I think it depends on where you're standing. Right on the, you know, how you look at it as, as to what you saw as the good and bad value of that whole thing happening. So, um, yeah, I, well, I, you're in the city. So do for most of the people that you know, or have, may have talked to what's what's your feel on, uh, the overall climate, uh, how did they feel? Most of the people in the city, did you, I just, I don't, I, I, I don't, um, interact with that many people on a daily basis. Right. So I wouldn't be able to, to help with that. And then, um, so I, I am a, a, a news and politics junkie. So a lot of times, you know, um, people will 
replay to me something that they they read and and rather than extrapolating out what that means or how that's going to impact people they just repeat what they said you know repeat what the article said mm-hmm. so like um the Elon Musk thing um if you read the article it talks about uh the interaction between Elon Musk and the board and what's going to happen there but for me there's more than just the board there's more yeah. than just Elon Musk and there's a broader society that impacts that so sometimes when I'm talking to folks they they kind of I bring those things up and then their eyes glaze over because they were they were really excited about what they knew and then I'm interjecting all of this other information that they haven't you know really studied or been necessarily exposed to um and so sometimes I have to uh be cautious when I'm talking to someone else about news and politics mm-hmm. so i i tend I tend to unless they bring it up i I tend to not initiate the 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 conversation i I like to you know ask hey you know what do you think about uh the city and county merger and you know a lot of times they're like they don't know about it or again mm-hmm. you know they don't have a a personal stake in it they don't see a personal stake in it so that it, so for them to answer the question becomes you know a little harder yeah yeah but the, it seems like the average person does have a a in the city or the county has a general idea of what they think of the city or the county maybe not in great details but you know they either like it or they don't like it mm-hmm. which would probably influence their opinion on it mm-hmm. again i don't i don't come into that many come to contact with that many people on a daily basis right and so you know and then also when i do come into contact with them it's usually you know, I need something, um, and and I'm, that's why I'm there talking. You know, I just I need to come in and pick up this, or I need to drop off that, or I need right. to see this person. And so there's not a lot of just kind of idle chit chat or you know political chit chat. I just I don't get a lot of that. Um, okay. So most of most of it is you know when I learn and um, or when I read about politics or stuff like that, it's stuff that I read and things in, in my mind, you know, I have a conversation with you and Leonard. Um, those are the people that I usually get my, you know, opportunities to ask those questions, you know, what do you think of that? And, and how do, you know, how do you see that? That kind of stuff. So, right. Right. So I, I don't know what the, I don't know what the general tenure is. Um, I can take from, I can take from the prop R vote. So if you say there was 69%, but the turnout was low. Yeah, that's true. So, so they did not, they didn't do a, they intentionally, they, the board of aldermen intentionally did not do a great job of trying to advertise the, the proposition and, um, you know, give people the idea of what the proposition was going to accomplish. Right, right. I, I mean, I remember you telling me, because when I mentioned the election in the county, you said, oh, there's an election. You didn't even realize that they were having one in the city. Right. A lot of times they do. But here in the county, I, I get my... uh I registered absentee once and I get a ballot every time automatically comes in the mail. I registered absentee and I haven't seen a ballot. Yeah. Call your alderman and say, Hey, what's up? Well, I got to go. I'm going to go back down to the, I'm going to go down back down to the board of elections here in St. Louis and inquire. Cause I, I, I was standing in the board of elections office 
-hmm. I completed the information for um, a ballot. Right. For an absentee ballot. I have, I have, I have never received one. Wow. And I checked on it twice. I think I remember I checked on, I checked. So I sent it in and then I, I called and I asked about it. They said, yeah, we have your name, but I haven't received one. So I still got to, I still have to do some follow-up. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely uh, something to look into. Right. Yeah. And you might not be the only one. Well, that is correct. That makes a lot of sense. You know, yeah. you you got people purging voter rolls, um, yeah. people purging yeah. voter rolls without approval, uh, or at least you know passing legislation to purge voter rolls, uh, and you got a lot of people being pushed off of voter rolls, and and uh, uh, there are a lot of people that are against absentee ballots. Absolutely. And then and then. Um, and then there was a, there was a rule that absentee ballots in the city required certain qualifications. And I don't remember if they, if they changed those or if they dropped them, you know, maybe right. they implemented new rules about who can receive an absentee ballot. I didn't get that information uh -huh. and that's why they haven't sent me a ballot. So, so part of it is I have not had a problem previously that um, to know when an election came up so that I could get down there. This is the first right. one that I did not get any kind of a notice. And I found out later or that day, Hey, there's an election going on. And so, and so now, you know, moving forward, I got to make sure, Hey, I, I get that information so that I don't miss those things. Yeah. Yeah. It would be nice. Just the thought that, if the county, city, and St. Louis County, since we're so connected, would have this, use the same system, but then that would that would be political because they're two separate governments. But you know, elections are state and federal as well. So I think you know, having um, symmetry would be definitely a benefit. So 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 if the county wasn't um, run by a small community. So, so Clayton has more power in the county than other municipalities. Yeah, well, that's where the, the government seat is for the county, yes, you're right. And so uh, the concern is, is that Clayton is going to do what's best for Clayton first uh -huh. and then help the others. And that was part of the problem or the concern with moving the city into the county. And so um, if there was this uh, true um, merger, if there was a true desire to make sure that all of the, you know, that everybody in the, got the same level of attention or got, you know, was a, a real part of everything, then, then those kind of mergers would make sense. But, right. you know, the city didn't want to, the, the city's greatest asset was the airport. The county was, you know, people in the city and people in the, some people in the county were talking about selling that off to a private firm uh -huh. you know that that's that's going to take away from the city right so if you got a county government doing things that the city says is going to hurt them you know how do you how do you then say that this, this merger is going to be good for us you know well, we, yeah, we have to I'm, I'm sorry we, go ahead there's definitely some conflicts and they're going to be a lot more if if that ever happens, but that's a big one, right? And 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 the thing is, is that you know everybody has to know that their interest is primary and not secondary, right? And so, 
Um, you know, the, the city has dropped in population. Yeah. And they have a lot of properties that are vacant and the city can't right. afford to care for. So there's a lot of work to be done. Um, but you can't say we're going to remove the government of the city and replace it with a government that has traditionally not been friendly to the community that they're going to be policing or that they're going to be governing. Well, yeah, I, I definitely see your point. Um, and yeah, that's, that would be a big project as far as creating a merged or a, a new government where the entire area, city and county would feel that they were all getting equal representation. But that's what the uh, wards are for, you know, and representation from the wards. So I guess without uh, a certain amount of trust, though, that would be a difficult uh, proposition. That would be my thought. Yeah. You know, not, yeah. not being um, myself a member of the local government, because there's, um, I, I, I guess I, I'll fall back on that a lot. There, there are, you know, there are things that go on. Um, you know, I could go back and probably listen to a lot of meetings from the board of aldermen. Um, there's, there's releases from the, the mayor's office. Um, so there are things that happen in the local paper and, you know, you're, you have to turn to try to decipher if that information is being filtered through um, a political lens, mm. you know, and, and so, and so there's, there's quite a bit of information that I would like to have, um, you know, that some of it is just me. I'm nosy. So, um, but yeah, I, I feel comfortable yeah, yeah. that I understand some things. Yeah. Information is power. So yeah, information is good. To have. It is power. If you can use it, if you can use it, you know, it's power if you can use it, but you know, to have all of the knowledge in your, in the world and, and nobody's listening to you. It's, it's useless. It's frustrating. Right. Yeah. Right. I agree. All righty. So, uh, we are at down to the last couple of minutes. Anything that comes to mind since now that you seem to be awake. <laughs> so now that you seem Barely. to be awake, is there anything that, that, uh, well, that you want to address before last comments, basically? No, I, I think, um, it's, it's good that, um, the city is trying to uh, bring itself up and do things right. Uh, I do believe that the uh, proposition is going to make folks look toward accountability and and want to know what these older people or, or people in positions in general are, are doing that might be a conflict of interest. It's going to shine some light on them now. I like I like that that I'm feeling comfortable that we're moving in a more positive direction. Yeah. That, that, you know, the, the city government has, has had some question as to, so, so Lida Cruson gets in and then this, you know, and this, this whole thing is popping off about the county city county merger when, you know, the city has it, gotten its act together as far as, you know, people trusting because there's a belief that resources are being um, funneled to certain areas and not to other areas. Right. And that a lot of this is doing is on purpose in an attempt to push the, the city back into the County. Um, and so, you know, there's, you know, there's always these concerns, 
But when you feel like your government is that that the people in your government are being held accountable for their actions, uh-huh. it's clear and def- it's clearer and more defined, and that there is a recourse for addressing breaking of those rules, then trust starts to build. And 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 that's where I think the city is is headed. We're building trust in yeah. in the government in the city of St. Louis. I agree. All right, we'll be back next week. I thank everybody for joining us today. That concludes this episode of Altitude Adjustment. And thank you for listening. This podcast is streamed live on YouTube and twitch.tv and is designed for listener interaction. Visit the website, thelionsdenstl.wixsite.com forward slash home to join the discussion. The audio version of Altitude Adjustment is available where you get your podcasts, including Stitcher.com, the iTunes Store, and the Google Play Music Store, to name a few. Remember that the internet is powered by your likes, shares, and comments. So please like, share, and comment on this and other episodes of Altitude Adjustment because it matters. And as always, look out for the other guy because they may not be looking out for you.